Welcome back to another riff. I'm a little delayed on this week's riff. I had a busy week. I had a little I had a little surgery procedure and all went well and I'm recovering from that. But um I've been thinking a lot about okay, I this is going to sound like it's off, but it's not. Okay? It's, this is relevant to MTM, but I am going to talk about art for a second. And what I want to say is I've been thinking a lot about myself as an artist, myself as a person, and myself as an artist. And obviously, like as an artist, you want to write an artist statement. Like, why do you make artwork? And a lot of what I've been thinking about is my artwork is kind of um, a transmutation of energy. Basically, I take my anxiety, my stress. I'm a very physical person and I need to do things. And if I don't do things, I do have like a built up energy. And funny enough, um, human design, if you guys know anything about human design, which I'm not an expert, I just know basically kind of myself and a little bit, you know, on about other types, um, types, but I am a generator. And so my, my, I have un- I have insanely unlimited energy that must be used up before the end of the day. Like otherwise it can lead to sleeping problems, digestion, etc., anxiety problems. So I've got to do I've got to use my energy and my energy is best used responding to things, which is perfect as an artist, which you know, it's hilarious because I did not know about this obviously when I was younger and I was always pursuing art. So my job is to respond to things, which art is a response to things. Art is a response in one way or another to whatever is happening in that artist's life. I mean, art is personal. It really is. It's a personal creation. And um, I've been thinking a lot about, okay, well, what is my why? And it consistently ties back to MTM. It consistently ties back to just who I am as a person. I remember when I moved to New York and I became more like performance and instructional art based, which meant I had these um, performances that I would do, like, or I would have instructions that people would do, and that would be part of the performance. For example, I had one performance called How to Heal a Broken Heart. And um, this performance was something I recorded in a photo, but I also made like a physical thing, like almost like a product. And it was a little package that came with a set of instructions that I typed out on an index card. And I had a typewriter and I typed out these three instructions. And inside of the package, what, and this was all handmade, I cut out adhesive letters, like you know, they were a couple inches tall and individual letters that spelled love. So I had the letter L, O, V, and E, like as a little pieces within this handmade plastic package. So that was the package that came with the card. And this was, this was my first, you know, it's, it's so crazy to see how things come together. Like this is why it's so important to turn around and view your life from where you are now and everywhere you've been in the past and what led you here because that art was like an introduction to Reiki. I swear to you, it's so insane when I look back on this because this was 
15 years ago. I didn't even know what Reiki was 15 years ago, let alone practicing Reiki. And so I cut out these letters and I had these instructions and the instructions were, it's, you know, it's called how to heal a broken heart. I would, was going through a very bad breakup. I was going through a separation slash divorce. My life was not at all as I thought it would be. I was, I had lost my job working in a gallery in Chelsea that was the reason, like one of the reasons why I moved here to pursue art, to be a gallerist. So my life was not looking like I thought it would be. I wasn't in an MFA program here in New York. It was like life was just, I was heartbroken. My heart was broken because everything that I thought would happen with my life, all everything I anticipated was completely crumbling. And this was in 2007, 2008. So this all happened over a span of one year and then it just kept on going. <laughs> but... um but the art piece was how to heal a broken heart. So I just wanted to give you some context there. And step number one was you take the adhesive letters and you place them over your heart on your chest. So you place them one at a time, spelling out L-O-V-E. And those letters rested like on your chest. And the second, um, the second instruction was to wear for 24 hours. And then the third instruction was remove and repeat as necessary. <laughs> and while I, I actually did this exercise because that is part of the performance, like you have to actually do the performance and you have to document it. And so I studied photography. I studied art as a whole, studio art. And one of my mediums was photography. And then also one of the mediums was actually the performance itself and then the documentation of the performance through photography, as well as the actual art piece, How to Heal a Broken Heart, the card with the, the letters and the act of giving that out to people. And so I have a photo of myself with those letters over my chest and I wore them for 24 hours. And I have to say that there's a subconscious thing that happens when you're wearing the word love on your body. And I actually felt better. <laughs> I felt better. And of course, I repeated the process. But the whole point is I was intentionally transmuting the energy that I was experiencing, the pain, the hurt. I was transmuting that energy into feelings of love. I was intentionally doing that by placing those letters on my heart, over my heart, on my chest. And that was empowering, so empowering. That's just one example. And I made other things like that, but all of it was related to love and to healing and to transmutation of energy into empowerment. I also had other instructional art. I was very inspired by Yoko Ono and her instructional art in that particular period of my life. I was very inspired by a lot of the performance artists from the 70s. Some of them were more controversial, like Carolee, uh, uh, why can't I think of her name? Um, Schneeman, Caroline Schneeman. I, I'm going blank. It is 5 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> when I'm recording this, I just get 
I, I like to sit in my living room in the dark and just allow things to surface. This is my quiet time. This is my sacred time. And so, um, Carol e. Schneeman. Okay. So that's when, um, ideas come to me. And so that's when I started thinking about like, how does my work tell the same story? How does this stuff connect? And I had to really reflect on the artwork that I was making before and what that meant. Like when I go even further back and I was focused on a lot of photography and sculpture, it was about light. It was about finding the light and witnessing the light in the world and capturing the light. And it was very focused on light. And it wasn't focused on light in like the metaphorical symbolic sense. It was focused on the actual light. But still, it was that same, and they were abstractions of light. So often pictures were heavily abstracted. Um, They were blurred or um, it wasn't literal. So it wasn't like a picture of a sunset, even though you know I love sunsets. It was more like capturing light to create an ethereal shape. I even had a series called Ethereal, but it was about capturing light. So it had this very ethereal, very heavenly bodied sort of feeling. And so when I look back on all this, I can really see that I was always very fascinated by, despite all the shit that I was going through and all the pain that I was experiencing. And I consider like, I consider many years of my life as very hard, very painful. I was dealing with a lot of emotional problems. I I did not have control over my emotions. I didn't even know what I thought or felt about them. I heavily neglected my inner world back then. And so as a result, I was depressed. I went through a lot of things because I was, I did not have that connection to the inner self yet my artwork was always searching. My artwork was always looking and noticing and figuring out a way to go into the light despite my inability to really understand what I was doing. And so now that I'm a more conscious, more awake visual artist, now that I'm pursuing this dream and this career. I mean, I would love to make a career out of this. I take it very seriously. You know, I did study art. I went into student loan debt for my art studies. And so I do take it very seriously. I want to create artwork that is taken seriously, that is relevant to our time, that is meaningful, impactful. I would love to create something that made its way into art history. (laughs) You know, these are the dreams that you have when you pursue art, like as a career, like as a student studying art, I wanted to be impactful. And so it's not merely decorative. This is like to pursue art is a is a is like a mission, a mission to help others see the way you see the world and bring attention, call attention to it, change perspectives, change the way people see the world, change the way people see their life. And so if you like it it's it's interesting because to pursue art is a very noble cause. Most people don't get an opportunity to pursue their art as a career because, I mean, the world is as is right now, the art world. It's very much about connection. It's very much about having, you know, the right money, the right MFA, etc. However, I don't believe that that must limit us. 
And I've been thinking about this, and I think that there's a lot of wrongs in the art world that are reflective of the current state of the world. So if you want to get into like who dominates the art world, um, where the money comes from, the people that are buying, you know, their demographics, it's very reflective of what we see in many industries, what we've felt limited by. There's a um, there's a definite trend moving in the direction of feminine energy, a feminine female artist, um, or people identifying themselves as female, which I think that as an artist, I would not really want to be classified as a female artist or classified necessarily as um, a Latina artist, like things like that, like things based on my um, physical appearance, (laughs) because I feel like you know, I saw there was a quote in a movie about Basquiat and it was amazing because it's so relative to being like a quotation mark minority artist. But Basquiat, he is talking to, I think it's an, I can't remember, it's an art critic or it's an, no, it's an art painter. It's a Rene, Rene, I can't remember his name just off the top of my head, Rene Ricard. So he's speaking to Rene Ricard, who's, uh, also a painter the two painters are talking and he's like he makes this oh yes he says something like you're the first black painter to make work like this or something not verbatim but he says you're the first black painter he uses those words or he uses the words black painter and Basquiat says oh are you a white painter and so I love that line now I don't know if Basquiat actually said that because this is a movie about Basquiat it's called Basquiat by the way but um that's very relevant because for me personally, I don't, I don't think of myself as like a minority businesswoman or a minority or, or, um, anything like that. I don't think of myself as like that. However, the whole point of me saying all this is that the trend is recognizing like many industries, the industries are recognizing like, Hey, we're not representative of people of color, um, of women or female or, or, or people who identify themselves as women. So we're not representative of artists like that. So there's a huge portion of representation that we are lacking. So fortunately, the art world is recognizing that. Now, is it recognizing that across the board? No. Are, is it recognized in the collectors? Is that recognized where the money is coming from? No, because the money to fund this world comes from certain elite people who fit a demographic. And anyway, I'm really digressing there. But the whole point I'm trying to make is this may be the case, but I don't think you should ever let the current situation stunt your growth or prevent you from growing and moving forward and thriving and from empowering yourself. And that's what this work is about. I'm sitting here and I'm talking to myself about why am I creating artwork? Why am I making art? And in my mind, like these words are coming out. I'm making a voice note, not this voice note, but I'm making a voice note. And I'm saying, what we need to do is not spend our energy fighting the current situation fighting the status quo what we need to do is take all of the frustration all of the energy that we feel that fuels our fire right let our fire burn that's the generator in me let it burn let it ignite 
the passion in me and let me take that energy and transmute that energy into new life, into new creation. And that is why I make art because the more I focus on the new creation and building a new world, and if we were all to do this, no matter what thing you do in your life, it doesn't even have to be art, it can be anything. Focus your energy on the building of the new, of the transmutation, of the limitation and the feelings of lacking power, lacking whatever. Take all that feeling and transmute that energy. I like to say I like to roll it into a ball because in my mind, when I'm rolling that energy into a ball and casting it into something else, I am gathering. It's like I imagine a whirlpool or a tornado coming in and pulling in everything it needs to just fuel and empower me and I take that energy and I roll it and roll it and roll it and then I project it into something new and I will be sharing some of my like behind the scenes on how I make art but I put my body into it I put it because I am physically representing the pulling of the materials in the manipulating the changing the beating the whatever and shaping the materials into artwork and so that is what i want you to do we can build our own world and then suddenly that energy is the dominant energy if we're transmuting wrongs into rights that are empowering us we will focus more energy on that and you know that's how things change because if you if you can visualize energy for a moment, just close your eyes and visualize what does energy of empowerment look like versus energy of disempowerment, energy that separates you from your power, energy that makes you feel defeated. What do those two energies look like? They can be a color. They can look like a thing. They can look like blurred and clarity. It, it can be so many different things. For it's, it's specific to each person. But if you can put your energy into the empowered, if you can channel the feelings you get when you're frustrated and channel that into empowered, you can create a dominant energy. The dominant energy becomes empowered. And we've consistently talked about this of accessing that self that person that version of you an alternative alternative um excuse me alternate reality right that is basically you taking on the bodysuit of a version of yourself that is empowered like that version of yourself is living in a whole other world has a whole other history and a whole other other life do you remember i referenced the oa Gosh, if you haven't listened to some of the old podcasts, you really got to go back in and listen to those right now. I'm telling you, um, because there are some golden nuggets in that stuff. But it's basically you embodying this version of yourself that has been without the baggage that you have. That's not denying the baggage you have, but it's just letting go of that baggage, just releasing it and taking on the feelings of the empowered version of yourself and what that would feel like. And then pulling that feeling over, just reaching and pulling that feeling over right into your current life. And then like putting on that bodysuit, zipping that bodysuit right up. And it's like, I am this version of me and I walk into this situation and I am empowered. That is something I learned from a hypnotherapist, like that you can actually imagine that. It wasn't quite 
the you in alternate reality. It was a different scenario, but it's still, this is powerful. This is very powerful. And if we can continue to do that, transmuting that energy, we can create the alternate world as the reality. And so that's what this artwork is about. I needed to take a moment to reflect back on who I am as a human, you know, because I, I started feeling a little bit like, oh, there's so many things wrong, 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 wrong in this art world, you know, da, 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 da. And I was feeling these thoughts and I was feeling like this feeling of frustration and anger and like this need to kind of shout out to make people see all the things that are wrong. But what happens is you got to remember the delivery, the message can get lost in the delivery and you got to always remember that because all the things that are wrong, sometimes the delivery, that becomes the focus. And the delivery looks like one of anger and frustration. And then people focus on that and they lose the message. They lose the message of this is not right. But then they see the anger instead. And that's, that's what they focus their energy on. And that's a really good scapegoat to like sweep the actual issue under the carpet. And so this is what I mean. You're transmuting that energy. Forget about them. Take that energy that you feel and transmute it into something where you are empowered, where you are transforming your life, where you are making a difference. Your message is not lost in the delivery. Your message empowers others. We can't focus on everything that is wrong. We need to pay attention to it and we need to use the energy, the feelings that we get from it and we convert that energy into something that is empowered, a new vision. Use that energy to spread that. All right, sending you so much love from the dark morning sky in my living room. Mwah.